The opioid epidemic has been gripping the U.S. for decades. More than a million Americans have died of drug overdoses since 1999. Theo Krzywicki has seen the devastating effects firsthand. I myself have been in recovery for 12 years. I started using heroin when I was 13, and uh, I ended up losing my fiancé from an opioid overdose. And it just made me want to change everything about what I do. Theo got clean when he was 19. And a few years later, he became a paramedic. He wanted to help fight drug overdoses. My first ever experience is I arrived on scene to a home. A family member had called because their son had overdosed in a bathroom. It took us about seven minutes to get on scene. And when I walked in, I knew he was dead. There's just a look. There's a feel. And we did what we do. We worked him up. But he died. And... I always will remember that mother's cry, the way she screamed. And I have heard that over and over and over again in my career in emergency services over seven years. And in the last few years, one drug has driven a surge in overdoses. A drug that's stronger, more addictive, and deadlier than other opioids. Fentanyl. Fentanyl is found everywhere these days, often on its own or combined with other opioids like heroin. Increasingly, it's also being mixed into drugs like molly or cocaine. And it's so powerful that just a few grains of it can cause an overdose. I think anybody that uses drugs should be considering that this may be contaminated with a substance that I didn't intend to use. And that substance could kill me. About a year ago, Theo found out about something that could help drug users avoid fentanyl and prevent overdoses. A tiny test strip. I thought it almost was too good to be true. Uh, You know, you've got this magical strip that'll, like, prevent anything from happening, right? The ability to have something that's low-cost effective that you can test every single time that you go out and prevent an overdose from happening is huge. We should have them everywhere. I want them sold at every single drugstore, right? They should be as common as anybody that's going out should have one. If not for yourself, they should have it for a friend. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Friday, March 10th. Coming up on the show, the rise and controversy around fentanyl test strips. It can be hard to see the challenges the people we work with are facing. Addressing these invisible struggles can make us and our companies healthier. Join Holly Robinson-Pete on The Visibility Gap a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. In 2018, Theo founded a nonprofit called End Overdose. The organization trains people to respond to and prevent overdoses. Theo wants to make overdose prevention as common as CPR training. There was a time in our society when people didn't know what CPR was. Now everyone has a rough idea of what CPR is. People can act, right? And for me, and that's what end overdoses tried to model is, 
let's make this as critical of a problem as it is. Let's get everybody trained to identify and respond and prevent an overdose from happening because people are literally dying right now. And Theo sees fentanyl test strips as a key part of his mission to end overdose deaths. So this is the package. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's bright blue. It says, wow, fentanyl test, like in big, giant letters. Big, giant letters. You can see the directions kind of on the back of how uh-huh. it works, right? It reminds me of like a COVID test or like a pregnancy test in its sort of just basic simplicity. That's exactly how simple it is. The test strips were originally created to test urine for fentanyl, like to see if someone is using or not. But people realized you can also use it to test drugs. Just put a little bit of a drug in some water and dip the test strip in, and it'll tell you if the substance contains fentanyl. The reason strips like this can be so helpful is because a lot of the people who are dying from fentanyl overdoses didn't mean to take it. More and more fentanyl is showing up in drugs like cocaine or even counterfeit prescription drugs like Adderall or Percocet. The F word, fentanyl, like really scares people because nobody wants to take fentanyl. That's Kaylee Shore. She's a musician in Los Angeles. I play guitar, piano. I've been teaching myself violin. God bless my roommates because it is not a pretty sound. (laughs) I'm sure it sounds a lot better than if I were trying to play the violin. (laughs) Kaylee doesn't do drugs herself, but she sees a lot of drug use at music industry parties. People are absolutely putting things up their nose and, you know, all of and doing, you know, Molly, ketamine. It sounds like I'm just hanging out in drug dens, but really I'm like at music industry parties or just like a nice club um, and people just whip it out. It's like so just casual. It's like no one's really trying to be covert. Whenever Kaylee goes out, she puts about 20 fentanyl test strips in her purse. And when she spots someone who's maybe about to do drugs, she hands them one. Like if you see a bunch of girls passing something from pocket to pocket, walking into the bathroom as like an insanely large group, I'm like, hey, I don't know what you guys are about to do in there, but if you are, here's this little thing. How many would you give out in an average night? I typically don't have any left by the end of the night. Um, Wow. You know, and sometimes I'll pe- hand people more than one, too, if they're like, oh, this is so great for when I do this. I'm like, well, if you're, if you're doing it, then just take a bunch of them. Kaylee has taken it upon herself to protect people from fentanyl because she's seen how dangerous the drug can be. Her childhood best friend, Casey, and her sister, Ashley, both died of accidental overdoses. Both used drugs that were laced with fentanyl. Kaylee wants to prevent that from happening to other people. So that's why she started handing out test strips. If anyone had done that for Casey or Ashley, they'd still be here. I'm just talking to a stranger for five minutes, handing them something that looks like a Crest white strip, walking away, and that could have been Casey. And now somebody won't have to lose their Casey or their Ashley. But in most states, fentanyl strips are illegal. They're considered drug paraphernalia, including in Florida where Casey died. I think the closest state to Florida where they're decriminalized is Georgia. So you'd have to go a really long way. And given how widespread fentanyl usage is there, if somebody brings them in, they probably get used really quickly. How does it make you feel that your friend died in a state where these, where these test strips are illegal? I mean, it makes me really, really angry. Um, 
I just have an excess of them, but I can't go back in time and and give them to them and, and save them. And that's really heartbreaking, especially because if they had been in other states or just at somewhere else at a different time, they would have had access to those things that would have just, they would still be here. The federal government sends mixed messages about fentanyl test strips. The CDC encourages people to use test strips, while the FDA hasn't approved them for this kind of use. And an argument some people make against test strips is that they encourage drug use. Theo from End Overdose says that argument is missing the point. The problem is that people are literally using right now, right? People are literally using and dying right now. So this doesn't encourage the use at all. This just makes you more conscious and could actually prevent you from overdosing. These things aren't encouraging use. They're encouraging personal safety. Some states are starting to come around to test strips. Recently, Ohio and South Dakota decriminalized them. Other states, like Wisconsin, are distributing them to local nonprofits. But it's not just the law that's holding test strips back. It's also the price. Last year, we gave out 130,000 test strips. We would have given out three times the amount, but we were buying test strips at about $1.50 a strip after taxes, after shipping, into um, about November of last year. Prices have come down a bit this year as more companies have started making them. While test strips are helpful, they're not a perfect solution. If you don't use them exactly as directed, like if you use too much water or something, you might get an inaccurate result. And most people only test a small amount of their drugs. If you really want to be sure there's no fentanyl... You're going to have to test every line you take. You're going to have to break down the entire pill and dissolve it into a powder and test the entire pill. If you wanted to be completely safe, you'd dissolve the whole thing in water, put it on a sheet, and then dry it out to reclaim the powder. And then, even if the strip is negative, the CDC still suggests having a drug called naloxone on hand, just in case. It's an overdose reversal medication. It often goes by the brand name Narcan. But the need for all these precautions raises one big question. If fentanyl is so deadly, why is it showing up in so many drugs? That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. From 
coast to coast in every corner of the U.S., deaths from fentanyl overdoses are soaring. A big contributor to the overdose crisis is fentanyl turning up in other drugs, sometimes without users even knowing it. Fentanyl killed more people last year than the wars in Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Iraq combined. So we went to the Our colleague Julie Wernow has been covering the opioid epidemic. And she says that the rise of illicit fentanyl has caused a huge surge in overdose deaths around the country. The number of overdoses, fatal overdoses in America have grown, you know, multifold in the last 10 years because of fentanyl. Two-thirds of more than 100,000 people who died last year were in some way due to fentanyl poisoning. Two-thirds? Of the 100,000 people that died from drug overdoses died because of fentanyl? Yeah. So it's massive. It's interesting. I mean, I've actually seen people who have been working through the drug crisis who are almost nostalgic for a time before fentanyl when, you know, the problem was the overprescribing of pills. With fentanyl, it's much easier to accidentally overdose because it only can take a couple, a few grains of the stuff to kill you. It's really, really powerful. It's easier to accidentally go the wrong direction with it. Fentanyl has been around for decades. It's a synthetic opioid, and it's normally used to treat severe pain, usually in hospitals. But in recent years, illicit forms of fentanyl have flooded into the U.S. drug market. First, it came from China. Then, after China cracked down, the production moved to Mexico. Mexican cartels started buying what are called precursor chemicals. They're the ingredients to make fentanyl from Chinese factories. A lot of these ingredients can be used for all kinds of completely innocuous substances. And so it's a much more difficult market to crack down on because It's a lot harder to tell that it's being used for illicit means unless you're really following the money all the way to Mexico. Why? Why are are drug cartels using fentanyl? Drug cartels are using fentanyl because it is vastly cheaper than the plant-based opium form of heroin that people are familiar with. The amount you'd need to produce a kilogram of heroin would be like $6,000 with the precursor chemicals that you can get from China, that same amount of fentanyl might cost $200 or less. That's a big difference. $6,000 for the plant, the real stuff, and and $200 for the, the synthetic? That's right. Why would they put it in other non-opioid drugs? Like, why does it get mixed into all this stuff if it's so deadly? You know, that question has been plaguing us. Why would you mix something that's potentially deadly into the drugs of your users. There's not really great data on this that the government tracks. We don't have a super clear eye on what's happening inside the cartels. Some of the things that law enforcement tell us are that a lot of it might be accidental. You might have the same guy mixing the same thing on his table. It's all a bunch of white powders, right? So, you know, it ends up in there. Or, you know, they measure incorrectly. They want to put a little fentanyl in a drug and to get people high, and they put a little too much in there. You mean like they're putting some fentanyl in there on purpose? 
That's right. You know, this is a cheap and easy way to gain a new permanent user of a drug, right? That is incredibly addictive. For people who don't normally use opioids, this is extremely dangerous because their bodies have little tolerance for it. And that's why the end of the market that is not opioid users is actually very scary because those people are not accustomed to that drug in any way and neither are their bodies. And so they don't know how to navigate it and their bodies don't know how to stay alive on a drug of that magnitude. Theo, the paramedic who founded End Overdose, says that fentanyl is so strong that even naloxone, the overdose reversal medication, isn't as effective. Normally, you would measure 0.5 milligrams in an IV setting, which is you're injecting into the vein, very powerful, right? (laughs) Should be enough. And so instead of using 0.5, we would have to use six, six whole milligrams just to see if they could start breathing again on their own. Wow. I mean, that's orders of magnitude more. There have been times at our station where we've run out of naloxone because we're responding to so many opioid overdoses and we're using so much of it. It's literal insanity. Plus, naloxone only works when people are already overdosing, which is why Theo says fentanyl test strips can be so helpful, because they can prevent people from accidentally taking fentanyl in the first place. They're essential, right? Because anything that is promising and can potentially prevent an overdose from happening in the first place is something that we need to invest time and space into. Because what they're doing right now is they are still preventing overdoses, and they're starting discussions about these type of things that can save lives all across the country. Thinking big picture about the fight to end drug overdoses and specifically fentanyl overdoses, where would you say that we are in that war? I think we're still really focused on uh, some of the aspects of moralization. I think that we just need to really focus on solving one problem at a time and everyone getting behind it. One thing that we need to make sure is everyone has access to a resource that can save their life and prevent an overdose from happening in the first place and make sure that everybody in the U.S. has access to that for free. And once we can solve that, then we can start working our way out and start fixing all the other pieces of the problem. That's all for today, Friday, March 10th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Sarah Ashley O'Brien. Your hosts are Kate Leinbaugh and me, Ryan Knudsen. The show is produced by Annie Baxter, Ariana Bowe, Catherine Brewer, Maria Byrne, Pia Gadkari, Rachel Humphreys, Brendan Klinkenberg, Matt Kwong, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Alan Rodriguez-Espinosa, Pierce Singy, Jivika Verma, Lisa Wang, and Catherine Whalen, with help from Jonathan Sanders. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapok, and Peter Leonard. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Emma Munger, Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, Nathan Singapok, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.